let the hogs out. To end this week's program, I have a story of, you know, I feel like I have not been a good uh, story host on this show because I don't think I've given enough, like, weird New York stories because everyone loves, like, New York, weird New York, right? Hey, I'm walking here. I've got a story <laughs> time for you. Hey, Gabagool, uh, give me that uh, salami, a little uh, branco, broccoli, a little, uh, a little, uh, the, the, uh, the lechuga. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that because uh, you're actually Italian. It's kind of problematic if I do it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that on the uh, street and see what happens. So, Sam, you ever have a weird experience on a New York City subway? Have I ever not had a weird experience on the New York City subway? Once I was the weird experience. Um, the most stares I ever got in the New York subway was when I bought a stalk of sugar cane from, like, Chinatown. And I thought the guy was going to cut it up for me like they usually do. But he just, like, let me walk out of there. Like, this six-foot stalk of sugar cane <laughs> cost, like, a dollar. And uh, I've never gotten more stares on the subway. So once I was the weird thing. I would say the following was the weirdest thing that ever happened to me on the subway. So I went on after work one day uh, on the 6th train heading uptown, and I come upon a man sitting down. Now, I was standing up uh, across from him. Um, uh, uh, you know, he, I don't know if he was homeless or just disheveled, uh, drunk, or he seems he seemed a little out of it, but... You know, I, I'm I'm someone who like still like I'll f fucking always not always, but I, I often uh, give money to panhandlers on the subway, and you know I'm not someone who like detests like the homeless in New York. Like you know, it's it, there's some really disgusting people uh, in the city who would uh, you know have no empathy for the homeless, and that's just uh, awful. But I don't know if this guy was homeless, but he had. Um, one normal hand, and the other hand, I would say, was, like, a baby hand. It was, like, the size of, like, a, like, it was really small. And, well, obviously, I'm going to break you now. So, he had, like, a baby hand, and it had, like, three fingers, and they were all, like, kind of displaced and deformed. And so, you know, I, I was, you know, it's hard. I mean, you know, it's got the, the guy's, you know, he's got a... He's got a deficiency, so that's you know that's that's his that's his issue. So it's New York, baby. Everyone's everyone's welcome here. You know, it's it, you know, the Bronx, baby. No, I don't live in the Bronx, but so he just starts like I don't even make eye contact with him. I just am like kind of standing on the subway, minding my own business, and he just starts like calling me fat. Like he's just like he's like you fat piece of shit, you fat. Like and I'm just like wait, is he? Am I? Is where I'm, and I'm looking around like, where's the fat person? <laughs> I'm the fat person. So he's like verbally harassing me on the subway as I'm going home. And I'm just like, I'm like looking at people like, is this guy for real? And other people like, you know, are, some are ignoring and some are just looking at him like, what? And you know, he's waving his weird deformed hand. <laughs> Not a weird, I'm sorry for calling it weird. I'm sorry. So he's verbally abusing me, and, um, you know, after, like, you know, we go, 
you know, past like 72nd, 86, and we're going up, and I'm getting off at 103rd. Um, and then at 96th, I had the idea to get retribution for him calling me fat. I'm going to knock his shopping bag over because I saw that he had a shopping bag. Oh, man. Just with my foot as I'm walking out as an accident because I was really pissed because, you know, I don't mind, like, being, uh, you know, on the, uh, certainly on the heavier side, but, you know, you don't want to just have it shouted at you by a fucking ogre on the subway. (laughs) So I, um... I knocked on the bag, and he's like, "You f- fat motherfucker, fat man." He's really, it's like he really leans in on the fat thing. Usually, it's like you Jew, you Jew face shithead. You know? Usually, when you're looks, accosted by people on the subway. Yeah, I, yeah, I get uh, I get the alt right going after me. Damn, I guess I, I guess I gotta move to New York. I called him a deformed fuck. <laughs> That's not nice. Right as I'm about to get <laughs> off the subway, well, he's calling me a deformed fuck. So I'm calling him a deformed fuck. And then he's like, and he's like, I'm going to kick your ass. And then I said, with what, your little baby hand? Then doors open. I sprint off the train, run home, never see him again. And that's my weird subway experience. I abused a handicapped uh, man verbally after he verbally abused me. And if that's like a disabledist or whatever the fuck you want to say, problematic... I admit it. There you go. Fuck him. <laughs> he was a real jerk, and I hope he fucking fell on the tracks and died. There you have it, guys. Average uh, New York encounter. Um, anyone who wants to donate to my legal defense fund of the guy with the baby hand, then uh, you check for the link in the show <laughs> Were you the guy with the baby hand in, like, a costume? It's story time now. So I proposed this quick story time because, hey, I thought it's a fun story. Sam, have you ever been to Medieval Times? <laughs> no. Um, I know that you, like, watch people joust and you eat, like, you know, like a turkey leg or some shit. Um, and you pretend you're in Camelot. Am I accurate? You are correct. Now, there are no napkins. There are no forks. It is a depraved uh, arena where live animals are ridden by pot-bellied men in armor and chain mail. (laughs) And they joust each other. And there's this epic romance story. And, of course, the woman is only played uh, up as, like, you know, something for men to, you know, fight each other over. Uh, Dan, where geographically is the fucking medieval times you went to? Well, it was on a field trip uh, to Washington, D.C. with the orchestra in high school. It was my sophomore year, and I was a bit rambunctious along with uh, many of my friends who were in the orchestra. I played trombone, if anyone's interested. I sold that instrument and do not play it anymore. But I also played trombone as a kid. So, yes, we could start a a duo. The bone duo. And 
at the end of the trip, we had a huge medieval times uh, event where they've made us go to medieval times. Now I was down for medieval times, but we were going to, you know, we were going to live it up a bit. We were going to go a little wild. So that's what we did. I I was shouting at the top of my lungs in the front row. I was like, I wasn't even interested in eating. I just wanted to cause chaos because I thought that's what you did. Like I, I tried to act like, you know, wasn't that what the 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 groundling? Well, wasn't that what they called the groundlings in Shakespeare? Like the people who just like stood uh, right at the stage and like threw shit at them, like uh, the common people. Sure, I think so. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be really rambunctious because I wanted to have the full medieval experience. Theater in the round. So I was tearing up the chicken, trying to, like, feed it to the horses that were coming by as they were waiting. I was, you know, we were throwing stuff. We were being really uh, disruptive to the performance. And at one point, one of the performers even came up to us and said, You were, you have to stop it. This is ridiculous. And um, he rode away, and then I kept saying, and three of my friends kept saying, we're part of the show. <laughs> and then at one point uh, in our crazed uh, depravity of making probably a little too much noise and, uh, you know, not taking the meal in which they did not provide fork, knife, or napkin, uh, the story was lackluster to say the least. I think that could have been punched up by... Uh, you know, a nice uh, <laughs> George R. R. Martin type. Uh, a little more sex and violence, I think, would have helped it along. Um, but it culminated in the spotlight going on the, like, brave knight, and the horse just blasts out like a torrent of diarrhea. <laughs> Ew. It just shit everywhere. Aww. It shit so much as the spotlight went on it. It could not have been scripted better. We lost it. It was so fucking funny. And then all of a sudden, like, as I, uh, in my excitement, was being very loud at this, I was told, Daniel, you have to go sit next to the band director. You are, you're done. You're done. So I was very upset because, needless to say, I didn't want to be associated as the ringleader. <laughs> And that's what happened. I had to sit next to the band director, and me and three others had to clean the bus and sit in the front. And you know what? We watched Monsters, Inc. It was fun! <laughs> the whole thing was stupid! <laughs> we were there to fuck around! We were there to blow off steam! That's the point of medieval times! Fuck these self-important pricks who went to, like theater graduate school who think that their fucking act is important fuck you people are there to have fun and throw shit at their friends they're not there to fucking like like you know if they maybe if they provided napkins oh it would be a little more civilized of an environment but if you're bringing like a field trip of like high school like hogs like us like we're gonna be like loud and rude so you know what Fuck Medieval Times. <laughs> All right, you heard it here, folks. Fuck Medieval Times. And uh, be as rambunctious as possible in protest. <laughs> did, did you go to the Medieval Times that's, like, near Baltimore? I have no idea. It's, like, somewhere in Maryland. I, I, I tried to find the nearest one around here. 
<laughs> oh man. My face is probably on the wall, like do not admit. <laughs> Dan, do you have any regrets about like you know, disrespecting uh, the talented people who bring the Medieval Times show to you with such, you know, devotion? Looking back as an adult, I certainly do have more respect for performers. Um, however, Medieval Times, I thought that was kind of part of the deal, and no one really expressed that, like, you're supposed to sit there quietly and admire the performance like it's a fucking, like... <laughs> fiddler on the roof like i thought it the point was you act like a bunch of you know unshowered like peasants yeah that's like the atavistic joy of the people who get down with like this renaissance shit so to close out this week we talked about wormwood which provoked me to reflect on some psychedelic experiences because as uh, I was watching Olsen have these uh, LSD things administered to him, I thought of, like, God, imagine if you were under such terrifying circumstances when you had no experience with this uh, thing. I mean, Sam, didn't that strike you? Not only have you never done it, you've probably never met anyone else who's ever done it. So it's not like today where little kids, hopefully not little kids, but anyone can go on the internet and on go on Arrowid and look up what it's like to do acid and shit and get like 15 fucking like 20 page stories about the first time they did acid and stuff like that. Like these resources are available to people because people have done it before. Back then... Even the government didn't know what the fuck they were doing with that shit. So it provoked me to just remember a ridiculous experience I had in college. <laughs> um, I was in my backyard with a couple friends. What were you tripping on? It was psilocybin. Okay. Some mushrooms. And it had been like three hours. So anyone who's done that knows that three hours in, that's about you're entering like the rising peak of the thing. You know, you that's... You're getting so Oh really? I've never I've never done this before. Oh really? All of a sudden the sky was showing just like sticks plummeting from it from over the fence I realized and I just I had no idea what was going on. So I, I listen and it's just these like <laughs> Wait, so you're not you're not hallucinating. No, this sticks. is no sticks are actually falling on you. I thought I might have <laughs> been uh, you know, not real. And then I realized it was, and not only that, but we realized that these kids were yelling at us saying from behind the fence, they were just these disembodied high pitched voices saying things like, get out of our town. <laughs> you bunch of gentrifiers. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird thing. Ultimately, a neighbor of mine ran out, you know, and she was a pretty old lady who Definitely like emphysema or something, but, you know, she came out and did the old lady, you know, yell at the children, the neighborhood children, ran away. And I, so I walked over and started helping her clean up her, uh, like, fence and garden because they had, like, thrown a basketball hoop, like, over the fence. Oh, I forgot to say the best, so the best part 
really the climax of it is that they tried to throw like a garbage can over, but it like rolled back upon <laughs> them. So they were like, they pushed it up and then it, they were like, ah, and it like fell down. And we were just, we, 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 were, we were dying laughing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then I, that, it was, I just, you know, I helped the old lady next door, like clean up her yard. And it was, it was a really nice experience. <laughs> so I felt bad for, uh, Olsen cause you know, it's not all bad. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, I've already reported Dan to Jeff Sessions, but for now, I guess we can conclude that perhaps administered properly, uh, psychedelic drugs don't have to be as hellish as the CIA fucking trying to off you for knowing secrets about the Korean War. It's true. (laughs) Oh, and um, I was wearing this baseball cap and had this huge hawaiian shirt on so my friend said that while i was helping the old lady out i looked like michael moore (laughs) that's not the only time that accusation has been levied against you no one time literally a person this is a whole other story but one time there was literally a guy outside a bar came up to me and said is that are you michael moore your films are so inspiring (laughs) I, I was drunk and I was just like, thank you. They, those films mean a lot to me. It's like, <laughs> this guy's world is like rocked by like, where to invade next. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you should you should have really leaned into it and been like, ever since I was born in Flint, Michigan, I've thought about you, the humble American. <laughs> So let's wrap up the week with story time and I'll be providing this one. Sam, we have talked in the past about our feelings on recent Saturday Night Live. And their dog shit politics. And specifically, most of this is channeled in the just painful Alec Baldwin impression. Abysmal. Well, ladies and germs, I got to see it in the flesh. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, a good friend of mine who works on the show offered me tickets to the dress rehearsal, and the host was like, Natalie Portman, I was totally down. And, you know, sometimes you watch something on TV with a studio audience. Like, being in the studio audience is way more fun than watching it on TV. Like, Sam, have you ever gotten to see, like, the Colbert Report or one of those shows that was going on so much in New York City? No, I never really felt like doing the work to actually get to see one of those. Well, it's actually kind of fun once you do it a ton of times. It's, you know, you get tired of, like, the waiting. But if your pal works on the show, it's a it's great thing to do. So... I just have no friends. <laughs> that's true. What would you do if you had the chance to be in the room one-on-one with Alec Baldwin, which I did not, but... Leave. (laughs) So, I got to 30 Rockefeller Plaza. It is a decadent place. Um, It's kind of like a shopping mall with offices upstairs. And I got very frustrated with the receptionist and, like, stormed out. (laughs) (laughs) What? Alright, tell that story. Because she, like, 
she wouldn't she didn't know where the the line was for Saturday Night Live, and I'm like, you work here. What do you mean? What else are you here for? I mean, not to be a dick, just like literally what. That is your that is your job. <laughs> yeah. So I got very furious. <laughs> we went to the gift shop where I sat in a big chair from America's Got Talent, but pretended to be a shark from Shark Tank. Um, Which one? Obviously, Mr. Wonderful. I'm more of a Barbara myself. I could see you uh, as a ba- uh, Barbara. She's she's very classy. She's also the horny one. And oh, we were in the elevator, and I told uh, my roommate who I took uh, to the show. We're in like this crowded elevator, being like shepherded up to the studio where they shoot the show. And I was like, "Hey, look at the floor!" And it's like the peacocks on the rug, like the NBC, like. Simple. That's amazing. And um, everybody uh, in the elevator stared at me. <laughs> uh, maybe I said it louder than I thought. Um, <laughs> was a little uh, under the influence. <laughs> the show starts, and wouldn't you know it, it's an episode with Alec Baldwin like doing like the Trump impression. Now... When you're in one of these tapings, the studio is really tiny, so you get to kind of, from your vantage point, you really see kind of the actors and the, like, crew be vulnerable. And, God, it was so funny watching Baldwin, like, kind of get into character, because I was sitting, like, right above him, and, like, (laughs) right on the railing, and he was just, like, you know, clearly, like, scrunching his, like, wrinkled face, like... Jada, Jada, I, I like, sound like, exactly like Donald Trump. This is what he sounds like. I have to say, Baldwin walking around looks so feeble. Like he looked old as hell, man. Like he, he, his uh, slouch was terrible. I, I was like, you know, Trump's like a little dandy boy who, <laughs> you know, I can't imagine him having an actual like, physical altercation. But I bet he could kick Alec Baldwin's ass based on, like, the way Alec Baldwin was walking and had to be, like, helped in and out of this, like, bed for the eating cheeseburgers in bed watching Fox and Friends bit that they did. And I have to say, the show I saw was really funny. I know we criticize the show a lot, but you can tell those actors work really hard when you're, like, watching them sweat up there. I watched it back on Hulu. Not as good. <laughs> Does not translate, and who would have thought? That's weird. The guy next to me was loving Baldwin, man. He was, like, just just clapped her and utter, like, hysterically laughing. Like, he was clearly a hashtag resistance boy. Well, I I guess, do you think, you said it, it, you enjoyed watching it, but... You did not enjoy watching it later on on Hulu. Is that because you think maybe SNL has like lost that live aspect or something? I mean, even though it is called Saturday Night Live. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but maybe that is a good point. It's almost like so technologically seamless 
that you do lose a lot of the like imperfections of seeing it in the room that make it kind of interesting and human. And once you like kind of like sanitize it so much like on TV and edit it, and I, I know it's live during the live show. I saw the dress rehearsal, but it was so much better in the room than I can rem- remember it being in like the last, you know, I don't remember it ever being that enjoyable watching the show the last few years. Yeah. I, but I that's, mean... that's not to say like, there's never a good moment on there that I catch on YouTube or something, but like, I don't know. There's quite a difference when you see it in the room. I guess I wouldn't necessarily have expected that, but I guess I am overly used to current SNL, which has these extremely like overdone skit skits and stuff. There's a lot of edit edits. Like you said before, I guess it doesn't have that spontaneous live aspect that I would expect. And it seems like you're kind of corroborating my thesis there. I probably won't watch much for the rest of the season, but I had a great time there. And I felt guilty being there, having been so critical of the show on this podcast. (laughs) Do you think they were going to like... Did I think I was going to watch Sam? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you think that Alex what? Ball like was storm like, the stage and heckle the I show? Dan, yeah, I heard what you said about me on your little radio show. I'm furious. I can't deal with it. I'm still doing the Trump impression, even though I've not broken character and I'm just Alec Baldwin speaking to you here. Um, you get what the fuck? They did, you didn't hear any of that. <laughs> I don't think I did. Oh, one other thing before we close out. I thought it was really interesting how people at a fucking live show like that watch the monitors the entire show. It's <laughs> like, you know you can do that on TV later. <laughs> like, you can watch the people. You don't have to watch him on the screen. I know sometimes you, they're like out of your view is a little obstructed because the studio is kind of small. But it's like there were people who literally just watched the show on TV. Like you could have done this from home and like been able to like piss and pause the DVR. <laughs> That's not what they're there for. 